Greetings. You are now in tune to a podcast of elegance and class. Welcome, everybody. This is Chris Talks. I am Chris Blunt. It feels good to be back. Um, I am very excited about this particular episode to you guys, and I'm going to get into it in a little bit. But first things first, I want to update you all. First of all, thank you all for listening and coming back to my podcast. I know that I'm not as popular as others and you can be listening to a lot of things right now so i appreciate that you all are listening to me it's been a crazy year everybody we're at the end of the year as of this taping so um i've learned a lot this year i feel like i've grown as a person i i think i came out scathed (laughs) but alive and i feel like that's a a beautiful thing it allows me to learn the lessons at least the tough lessons that I feel that I needed to learn, right? One of the things I do appreciate is having the right people behind me. I thoroughly appreciate the people who have stuck by me, even when it didn't seem as pretty. And I think that is very important to stick with your friends during tough times or stick with your loved ones in general. Uh, I am not perfect (laughs) and uh, neither are some of my people surrounded me, but it's just good that throughout this time we can all find ourselves and um, express empathy within ourselves and be of support to each other. So that being said, <laughs> which leads me into this interview. This interview is really dope. All right. So first of all, I'm trying new things out. I, I'm not able to get everybody in the studio like I like. So I had to call up a friend of mine on the phone to do a podcast and he was gracious enough to agree to actually do it. And I'm very happy about it. This person I've known for over 20 years. I have been, I'm born and raised in New Orleans, in case you don't know. But I've been blessed to be a part of a great group of friends. And I'm talking, this is like a crew of about 30 deep. And these gentlemen, and and some 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 ladies, some ladies, and a few gentlemen, and a bunch of gentlemen, a few ladies here are very good people. We've known each other since uh, late high school, throughout the college years. So when I tell people I did it in my 20s, like I did the 20s to death, I did the fucking 20s to death. Like we had parties. We we went to the Flyers clubs. We did the things. We went on trips. We we pretty much embraced um, brotherhood. I often related to the movie The Outsiders, like this was this large clique of people. And it's the first time I felt a part of something bigger than myself and appreciated and loved. And I realized that it's something that I value more as I get older. And uh, this is one of the brothers from that crew. He's a very successful gentleman. Most of I will say this, most of the people out of that crew are actually very successful and not in the sense of everybody's rich. You know, it varies because some of them are. But (laughs) I think that everybody had a particular goal in mind. And a lot of talents were there. And everybody, I got a chance to see everybody reach that. And they always have inspired me to move past the things that were blocking me or reach reach to my goal. And I appreciate them. Um, One of the friends that I met through them, I would say saved my life, man. And that was, and I, 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 I'll never forget it. And to be a part of this crew, to be a part of this team and this, this band of brothers, um, I appreciate that so much. So um, we're going to get into it. We're going to interview my friend Jason Augustine uh, from New Orleans. He works in the movie scene. Um, he does a lot of great camera work. Good guy. Uh, we're going we're gonna to talk to him. We're going to go over his life. We're going to talk about our friendship. We're going to discuss some personal things, some hot takes, and all the fun things next on Chris Talks. So I'm going to get in. Let's get into it right now. Action. And action. All right, everybody. We are here 
at the interview um, trying this shit out. So if this shit comes out bad, it's y'all fault. I don't know. I think that is just how it is, man. I want to introduce my friend, uh, good brother from back in the day. I've known him for over 20 years, as I stated earlier. Uh, we were part of a very illustrious crew in New Orleans. And um, everybody's making moves and doing big things. And I'm going to interview one of those people. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, this is Jason Augustine. <laughs> whoa. Whoa. You got, I got the whoa. <laughs> the whoa. I mean, I got the illustrious. I mean, I had to, you know, I had to match that. Absolutely, man. <laughs> I, I feel you. I feel you. Talk your shit, sir. Talk your shit, sir. Nah, man. It's you know been, how you been, my on, dude? Bro. Oh, man. It's been good. <sighs> Dude, I've been great, man. You know, good, good, uh, good. Just been, you know, getting getting good fortune, being being on some dope shit. Nice, I'm, nice. I'm happy. <laughs> All right, man. And I kind of alluded to the fact that you have a cooler job than me. So uh, ah, that's, that's all. That's all relative. <laughs> it's so, all relative, you know. I, yeah, I would like to let everybody know. All right, so first things first. One of my first questions actually is um, to the to the listeners out there, Jason. What do you do? So I am a set lighting technician on film sets, whether it's movies, television, music videos. I haven't done any music videos, but same thing. You know what I mean? Gotcha. And like everything else in this business, there's like a million synonyms for the same shit. So my job is also known as electrician, electric, lamp operator, you know, that's just a few, but gotcha. I now go by set lighting technician. Okay, set night set lighting technician. All right. Yes. Cool. Now I remember when you first uh brought this up to me back in the day. I was like, okay. And also as as you learn more. Hey, yeah, exactly. As you learn more, you went into detail. And I was like, that's pretty fucking fascinating. And then yeah. you you would point out certain things. I never forget when oh, we went to go see uh Django together. And uh, we did see James. Yeah, we did. We did. And we um, did. Yeah. And you pointed out all the little things, and I was like, "Oh, oh shit! The shit you do like matters. Like this is dope." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I mean, that was like I mean, awesome. I mean, I'll I'll make it simple. It's right, like good. you know, if you have a camera, mm-hmm. right? A camera by itself is just darkness. It's just yeah. pure black. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. When you put a lens on it, if there's no light in the room, then it's still dark. Yeah. But it's only with light that you actually get, get to obviously see the image. Absolutely. Right? And, and you get great insight on how films are made and everything. You oh, realize yeah, how dude. important it is to have those all those parts. And I think that's really cool, yeah. man. So yeah, man, this is this is great. Are we gonna get I mean, into, I, yeah. I mean, I tell everybody, man, it's like a film set. It's kind of like, you know, like a vehicle or a Rolex. You know, mm-hmm. every gear is important. Every Absolutely. item in under the hood is mm-hmm. vital to the car to function. Yeah. Same thing with a film set. You can't have, you cannot have one department without the other. It's all one big unit. It all works, man. Form like Voltron, you know? Exactly. <laughs> I feel that. I feel that, man. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So, we're going to get into it, man. First things first, we're going to go into the past or whatnot. Um, I am, since this is Chris Thoughts and you are a person, you are a person who personally knows me. First question Mm -hmm. we're going to ask is like, um, how do we know each other? And what is your first memory of us? Like me, like, do you remember meeting me? (laughs) I don't, I don't remember meeting you. Honestly, like, (laughs) I mean, obviously it goes back to Xavier University circa 2001. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I would um, say before there's pictures it's probably before, before I yeah. honestly yeah you're right mm-hmm. because you know we we all have uh you know I met y'all through our, my cousin Jason Spriggins Jace Briggs yep you know he introduced me to all y'all I think when I was in like when I was a junior in high school yeah yeah that's when I started to meet the majority of y'all and I think we either met if I had to guess our first memory or my first memory of you was meeting you by CJ's crib, my friend Conrad. Yeah, yeah, CJ. Yeah, and CJ that's, was my gateway into the crew. Yeah. Yes. If I had to say anything, that's how we met through CJ. Yeah, definitely, definitely. CJ, a mm-hmm. uh, good brother. I actually met him while I was working at, in Sam's, at Sam's. Like, we were both pushing cars. I, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. You worked, I never knew you worked at Sam's, first of all, but that's how you met him? I never knew Yeah, that. he worked at Sam's. Uh, we, both, we both used to push baskets. And then I became a butcher. 
that explains a lot. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I became a butcher, man. And so, like, oh, when I became a butcher, I love that shit. Oh, that is dude. I, now I understand. Now I understand the moniker. Right? Now exactly. I get it. It wasn't just kind of for shits and giggles. I imagine you never told me this story. I had my man had to wait 36 years to get this story done. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep it real with you, I'm man. It took this long. Yeah, right? man. It's just everybody like you know you come around, and I remember like CJ, CJ, and all y'all were like y'all were the first like like cats had a dance crew. Y'all dressed fly. Y'all like oh, did y'all yeah, hair we, shit. We grew we grew up in the nineties, dog. I know that's what it was. I was you like these I mean? niggas look like the revolution. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, so we was but, we was flexing back in the day. I loved it, man, because it was like y'all y'all were real dudes, and it was so different from my usual. And I remember just being an outcast most of the time, but then linking up with everybody yeah. and feeling like I was a part of something really cool. And uh, yeah, yeah. So it I was think dope. once I I think once I hit college, like mm-hmm. once my freshman year started, and we were all hanging out like all the time. I yeah. think that's when it just sparked right there. It was like, yep, that's it. I did. Me and this. <laughs> I agree. I agree. There was something definitely special, man, about that time. Uh, oh, yeah. Man. Yeah, I'll definitely. Never that. I, me, me either, man. It was great. I tell people I don't really regret um, being it, being my age now because I did the 20s to death. Like, oh, dude. We did it my, all, man. Dude, so the 20s, dude, the 20s was long. Yeah. I loved it. It was it was great. <laughs> I man. loved it, boy. It was long. I, I was but like, I never forget the day I turned 30, but I felt weird for at least a month. Were? How so? I felt weird for at least a, because, bro, like the twenties, I was I was attached. Yeah, like, bro, the twenties was um, my 20s was amazing. Like I loved it, I loved yeah. everything about it. Agreed. And then once once you hit thirty, it's just like, yeah, I'm, tw- I'm like, no, I'm not twenty nothing. Yeah, yeah, I'm thirty. Thirty. Oh, it man. was like ah. Oh. It, you feel adult as fuck and not like in a yeah, great way. Right. It was like, oh man, I got like, I felt like I got like the, t- I've been partying for like all night in the club and I finally got the tab. You know what uh, I'm saying? Like, dude, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, that's, yeah. that's what it is. As Manny Fresh said, it ain't funny no more, I, huh? Nah, so, it ain't funny. That bank account declined. Exactly. Look that was at like, shit. It's like, uh, this Damn. is 30. So, <laughs> So speaking of which, coming up, uh, you are, of course, as everyone knows, you're from New Orleans, Louisiana. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, describe your upbringing your, and some of your personal influences. Uh, well, you know, middle class. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, start and start there. Mm-hmm. Uh, biggest influences, honestly, man, like. It's going to sound cliche as hell, but it was the click. Mm. to be real like that's my biggest influence right there because Same. that's where that's where the majority of my education came from about just you know being a man really i mean you know my dad taught me much i learned a lot from my uncles and whatnot but you know they come from you know a different era you know mm-hmm. things happen differently when they were my age you know what i mean so of course i'm going to take their wisdom and yeah. their insight you know as it applies but for the most part I hung around y'all more than my own family. Yeah. So the brethren that we have became very special. And I started paying attention to a lot of what, what y'all were doing. Yeah, I might not have noticed. Yeah. I was keeping game at your at the pros and the cons of your lives. You know? <laughs> I learned from the great things y'all have done, and I've learned from y'all mistakes too. Like I paid attention to all that shit. All so that. y'all really educated me in a way that you know, that no book could ever do. It, so yeah, amazing. I would say that y'all were the major influence for me. Like oh, that's major. awesome, man. Thank you very much, man. That's, that's great. Oh, I, I learned, of course. Yeah, I learned from everybody. I, I think the same thing. I think the the main thing that I can take away from it, because my home life was a little bit more, um, I would say, um, dysfunctional. <laughs> so, so, oh, mine too. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> it was one of the things where I was like, I learned about... F- friendship and i learned about empathy amongst black men i think that is such a big thing like real friendship amongst yeah. black men there were there are things that i that i take with me and you know how people have entourages and crews and you mm-hmm. don't have like you can be like who are these dudes you know there are certain people in the background right i'm lucky I, one of the things that i found special is that i have a one-on-one time memory experience with everybody so no yes. one no one's random you know what I'm saying? No, it's right. random. And I thought and, that was great. 
And if you really think about it, like there's an exception to, you know, our clique because it's a lot of us. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a lot of it's us, dude. Like I, I can't even keep count at this point, but mm-hmm. it's like over, it's like probably a dozen, mm-hmm. to be honest. And mm-hmm. we're all still pretty close despite, you know, our current statuses, you know, husbands, fathers. I mean, I'm none of that yet. But <laughs> all of y'all, Hear that, ladies? y'all older than me. You know I mean? <laughs> nah, I'm, I'm keeping it single right now, dude. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to get my trying to get my resume right. Gotcha. Yep. And I'm trying to, you know, just continue on this path, man, because guess what? What y'all do as husbands and fathers is very expensive. And Sally May is not having that right now. Oh, shit. So it is. I would be, I would be a fool. Bruh. To engage in that lifestyle right now, like, I'd be a fool. I I would love to have it one day. Yeah, but it's, right now it's an investment. Bro, I wouldn't be able to feed the baby. No, no, no. <laughs> no it's an investment. It's an investment. Trust me, I got three. It, so yeah, it is, great. man. I mean, it's you know, great. one day. Yep. One day. Exactly, man. Oh man. So, all right, man. So, like, let's get into it. Like, how did you mm-hmm. decide to get into movies and working behind the scenes and things like that? Well, to answer the first part, just getting into movies in general, mm-hmm. that started with E.T. 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 Bro, what I what about stop. that I, did it for you? I couldn't stop watching that shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My mama got tired of putting that tape in for me. Like, mm-hmm. she got tired of it. I just couldn't stop watching that shit. Then from there, it was the Goonies. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, Every Spielberg movie ever. Yeah, you know, Spielberg the, had it on you know, Smash and the And man. Spielberg associated movies, you know, Back to the Future and all that. Like, pretty yeah. much that was it, bro. Like, I couldn't stop watching them joints, bro. You yeah. know what I mean? I just loved it. You know, cartoons on Saturday mornings, the, the whole nine yards, bro. Like, I just couldn't stop watching anything on TV hmm. and in the movie theaters. And then, you know, when I saw Batman in theaters, that's what really did it. It's just oh, like, yeah. okay, now nah, I'm loving this movie shit. Now nah, I'm now I need to get into this <laughs> comic book world because of this movie Batman and all that. And so it was just like, all right, I'm just, I'm just going in now. Yeah. But the movie that made me start asking deeper questions, mm-hmm. like questions like how would how did they do that? Mm-hmm. And when I really started paying attention to names, was not just the name of movies, but like the name of people and even the directors. Okay. was Pulp Fiction. Really? Interesting. I, I didn't see that movie in theaters. But this was back when pay-per-view was, was the thing. You know, yeah. the black cable box with the red digital <laughs> Absolutely. for the channels and whatnot. Like, was that's it. when that was out. And then pay-per-view was on. Mm-hmm. And Pulp Fiction would always come on. But mm-hmm. I would never catch it from the very beginning. Like, I would always catch it, like, during the second or the third story. Yeah, but I just kept, I just couldn't stop. Like, I couldn't stop watching. I'm like, man, what is this? Hmm. Like, I've never heard like words spoken like that in a movie before. But that was my first time ever hearing Al Green in a movie. Yeah, true. And, you know, my mom and dad put that on, put me on all that old school R&B like back in the day. Mm-hmm. So I heard that movie. I was like, man, what is this? But then hmm. I finally one day I saw it from the beginning, and that's when everything just like. That was it. I was like, okay, how did they do this? What is in that suitcase? Mm. Who is who is this dude playing Jules Whitfield? Who is who are all these people? Like, yo, all right, who is Quentin Tarantino? And what is this song that I heard in the very beginning with the guitar and shit? I'm like, yo, yes. I'm, I was fascinated, like extremely fascinated. And a lot of that movie, of course, as a kid, a lot of that went just just went over my head. Like, I didn't mm. understand any of the the layers in that movie as as a kid no but i just couldn't stop watching it like every time it came on bro i made sure i watched that shit it's a I just fantastic get movie man like it's it's top three yeah it's a me. stellar cast it's, stellar. yeah top three period yes. but that's the movie that made me start to ask the questions and it really pursued really made me want to pursue a deeper level of understanding for this movie shit. Yeah. And that was it right there. And from there, you know, of course, you know, I did the whole Xavier bit, graduated from UNO because I had to transfer over there because of financial aid bullshit. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you know, when Katrina hit, 
you know, it kind of set me, it set me back one year in college or whatever. Yeah. But after I graduated from UNO with a marketing degree that I still have yet to use, <laughs> <laughs> it's just collecting dust in my, in, in a box at this point. Yeah. But, um, so our mutual friend, Warren Green, mm-hmm. one of my best friends that I grew up with. Shout out to Warren. He, shout out to Warren. Yes. He, uh, he put me onto a school out in Orlando called Full Sail. Okay. Now, at the time, it was called Full Sail Real World Education. Mm-hmm. And it focuses, that whole school focuses on entertainment media as a whole. Music okay. production, film production, game development, uh, shit, something, uh, what else? Like, it's, it's a bunch, it's like at least seven to eight different programs back then. Yeah. Now it's called Full Sail University and it's got a whole plethora of shit now. Like it's it's a whole different school. Nice. But he put me on to that school, man, and I went to the open house that they had over there and dude, they had sound stages, they had actual film equipment, the cameras, the lights, like they had it all and they pretty much would teach you the whole process on how to make a film within a 21 month period. What? And that just fascinated me. I was like, um if I don't do this, I think I'm gonna regret it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's however, it's weird. Yeah, but to say good. However, after graduating, I will say, despite the best things that I got from that school, which is my current network of people I still keep in touch with from that school, mm-hmm. as well as you know just having a fundamental knowledge of what to expect and them training me for long hours mm-hmm. because I was in school for eight to twelve hours a day. Oh, it was serious. It's oh, scoop. Yeah. 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 So, you know, I could I could stand there, I could be here all day explaining how the school is structured, but we won't get into that. Yeah, no, so no, let's no. just say despite what I've got what I've gained from the school, mm-hmm. I still regret going to film school because now I'm gonna be paying this money back forever. <laughs> and two, when I got in the business, every, damn near everybody I met that's in the business didn't even go to film school. So it's just like, God damn it, I could have saved all this money. <laughs> But do you, <laughs> you know what I, mean? I was gonna ask, do you think it? Do you think going to that school, like with all the, you know, with the credentials that you had from that school, help? Did yeah. it help you with the connections that you would eventually have? Because I think, uh, if I'm not mistaken, one thing led to another, and it builds it, up a reputation, right? It it all tethers together. Yes. Yes. You know okay. what I'm saying? Now, I mean, the current the current prestige of that school, especially my department with that school, is a bit. Uh, let's just say it's a bit unsavory mm. but i guess we could say that i got what i needed from that school okay so i don't particularly think of i don't live in that i don't live in with that whole thing like you know alma maters and all that kind of shit it's like yeah i went to the school and i got my paperwork but now i'm here you know I mean? yeah it's like, I got right, you. it is what it is gotcha. but i like i said i have my network of people that i've met while i was there mm-hmm. and those that i haven't met while i was there but gone to that school and that became our connection. That became our, you know, thing to get us work. Because right now, one of my good friends that I'm with out here that I met while in the business went to that school, and we still like hella tight. You know, yeah. so it's like, oh, that school, in a way, brought us together. So it's like, you know, I don't have any regrets going there. Oh, okay, I just wish would have panned out better. I just wish I didn't have to pay this much money to do oh yeah oh yeah but that's a, a whole nother discussion i'm gonna say that's a whole nother thing that's that's, <laughs> that's like politics coming to play i was say it's politics that. that's like that's almost we everybody who that. went to college like yeah i feel yeah, like yeah, i'm still that's... paying for that time i experimented yeah, with college yeah, yeah, yeah. you know that's a meta, dis- that's a meta discussion oh man while we while we drinking or something we're gonna have to yeah, have man. you out here and we're gonna have to have a couple drinks and talk about it oh man for real dude i'm down for that yeah right absolutely man wait till the money get right baby exactly i got you man i got you Oh man. So, <laughs> so nah, man. So like, all right. Yeah. So with working behind the scenes, right? I know you, you mentioned that you are a lighting technician and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, yeah. Would you be able to give an example for everybody in that, like what you do, like on a particular, or at least an example of what did you do on your last project? Uh, So like a daily routine kind of thing, like yeah. what we do. Yeah. All right, so pretty much. All right. The day starts, you know, we get time before shooting call, which is the actual time we start our day. Mm-hmm. A lot of times we'll get what's called a pre-call. 
you know, we'll come in like a half an hour to an hour early, depending on how much work we got to do for the day. We go in there, we unload the trucks, we set up all of the carts with all our, our equipment on it. We set it up in a staging area for us to work out of, mm -hmm. you know. And then the day starts with a private rehearsal with the director and the actors, and they take as much time as they need to go over the scene, go over the lines. The director creates the blocking, which is the movement of each actor in the, in the scene and all that. Okay. And then once that's done, there's what's called a marking rehearsal. So that's for the department heads and what's known as the second team, which is the stand-ins for the actors. Mm. They'll come in and they'll watch the they'll watch the scene, they'll watch the movement and do all that. And then the camera team will come in and what's known as the second camera assistant, they'll come in and take different colors of paper tape and put it on the ground to mark where all the actors land in this scene. So they mark where they where they stop and they keep marking until the full rehearsal is done. And oh. then once that marking rehearsal is done, we go into lighting mode. Nice. Okay. Which is when my department, the grip department, which is the, uh, which is also lighting, but they more focus on shaping the light and making it uh, soft or taking the intensity out of it. And, you know, they get into more sophisticated beauty elements of lighting, right? Yeah. Whereas we just, power it up, turn it on, aim it where it needs to go, and we do a few tricks with the colors and all that kind of shit. Okay. But then you have the camera team. They'll come in with the camera, place the camera, create the image, create the frame, set it up, and all that stuff. And meanwhile, while we're doing all of that, the actors are getting ready. They're putting on their costumes, getting their hair and makeup finalized, and, you know, all these pieces are moving. You know, all these last few details are being done for us to set up the shot and then they'll call what's called last looks mm -hmm. and makeup will come in and find like do the final touches on all the actors with their hair and their makeup and costumes and all that stuff and that's when we fall back and they call rolling director says action and then we watch tv <laughs> that's fucking awesome and we watch movies that's a that's a and long so they day. call cut and then you know if they got to do it again they got to do it again but once they get it mm-hmm they do what's called checking the gate, which doesn't really apply to digital cinematography like that. But back when people shot on film, mostly, they still do. But what's, what's called checking the gate is they'll open up the side of the camera and make sure that the film is all intact, that there's nothing messed up inside the inner workings of the camera and make sure there's nothing messing with the frame and all that. And if the quote unquote gate is good, we move on. We shoot another angle. We shoot another scene until we are done with our day, which can take, in most cases, on average, 12 hours a day. Shit. But if you're working on a show <laughs> where they don't have their shit together, per se, mm -hmm. we could do anything from 14 to 16 to 18. In worst case scenarios, some people have gone 22 to 24 hours a day. Oh, hell no. But that's where it gets extremely expensive mm -hmm. because... Anything past twelve hours mm -hmm. is double the rate. That's anything not over like fifteen or sixteen hours. We get triple word, and past that, psh, I don't even know. That's <laughs> awesome. That's where it gets expensive, and that's when those motherfuckers are like, "Uh, we're going to pull the plug on the day. Uh, mm. This is taking too long." Yep. But you know, yeah. like I said, that's if a production doesn't have their shit together, we don't go that long. But if it does, mm -hmm. like take. A Clint Eastwood movie, yeah, or a Marvel movie. Clint Eastwood only shoots eight hours a day, maybe less. Really, because his shit is together. His shit is together. Oh yes, and Marvel, they only do ten hours a day. Okay, no more, no more, no less. So, right. No more, no less. That's well, sometimes less, just depends. Yeah, if they, if they, like there, there are days where we can, you know, knock out our workload like really quick. Because mm -hmm. I've been on a set where. We were done in five hours. Really? Five hours. It was like, uh, I ain't tripping. Because That's the minimum good. we get per day per on our contract is eight hours. Yeah. So if I'm working five and I'm getting paid for eight, hell yeah. Shit. <laughs> hell yeah. I was about to say, this hell leads yeah. me into my next question. Uh, mm -hmm. What production, because you worked on many sets. I, I actually, I actually IMDB'd you, which is really funny. <laughs> so, like... <laughs> <laughs> let me let y'all know like to google your friends is first of all is lightweight creepy because like i could just uh, call this guy yeah, yeah i could uh, just call him yeah. 
So it's not really that like it's it's a little odd. But I was like, for the sake of interviewing, I was like, all right, I'm gonna do my research. I'm gonna do this shit. And I'm gonna tell you, dog, I took little to no notes. So I was like, eh, I looked at all this shit and went, that's cool. And so uh, But I was I was I was impressed because you've done a lot of great work. And I didn't really realize I didn't put it in perspective until I saw the the work. You know, and I, mm-hmm. I thought that was excellent, man. So I'm very proud of you uh, on so much, so much work that you've done. Uh, so I was going to ask, what what production, which one of these jobs do you feel, did you feel the most inspired by so far? <sighs> well, mm-hmm. first off, it's not just one. Okay. I have three shows that I worked on that are of equal measure. Oh, interesting. Like I can't. I can't, I can't say which of these three is the most, most inspiring. Like they all are equal. Interesting. And all right, I'm interested because I actually don't. To, to everybody listening, I don't know which ones these are. So go on. <laughs> all right. Well, you seen one of them with me. Mm-hmm. Django and Chain. I remember. I remember uh, you talking about that and how cool it was. I remember you said you, you wore a different T-shirt each time you went to work. Every day. Every day. Every day. We'll, we'll get into that in a little bit. All right, good. But uh, the next project is Robin Season of Atlanta. Okay. Atlanta Robin Season. Yes. That's the other one. Great show. Brilliant. Dude. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Needless Hell to say. Yeah. Yes. Hell yeah. And the third is Season 1 of Watchmen. Really? That's, that's, not, that's the three. Wow. Of equal measure. Wow. Like, they're all special for their own reasons. And all brilliant, but, brilliant shows. But those three have a common ground. Mm-hmm. What was I the common was, ground? Yeah. The common ground is while I was on set watching, watching these these projects get made, I called it then. I was like, I was like every last one of these projects are going to be instant classics. Mm. Like, instant. Yeah. Like, I was like, the world ain't ready for this shit. I said it about all three. And, uh, and yeah. lo and behold, when those projects got released, everybody was just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> for their own reasons, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, we're going back to the Django bit mm-hmm. about the t-shirts. So that whole thing started. So back when I was at Full Sail, I bought this this Reservoir Dogs t-shirt online. I don't even remember what store I got it from, but it was like a stencil drawing of the reservoir dogs as they're walking down that alleyway in that in that in that title sequence. Classic you know talking about? Yes. Classic. Right. You got like the sideways view of them as they all walking down. One of the reasons I why that. I did Gentleman of Leisure was because of that. There you go. Look at that. Mm-hmm. Boom. Mm-hmm. So it was a stencil drawing of the reservoir dogs and that side angle walking. And underneath them in cursive it said, let's get rambling. And it was a red t shirt, a black stencil drawing. That's what it was. So when we were shooting Django, we were in the we were shooting the scene in the Mandingo room where the where the slaves were fighting each other. Or the Julius Caesar room. I'm sorry. It was yeah. called the Julius Caesar room. And mm-hmm. the two Mandingos were fighting. Remember that? Yeah, I remember that. That brutal fucking scene. Yeah, unsettling. So yeah. it was that day we were shooting that scene and I wore that shirt to set. Right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, Quentin was, you know, just planning out the the, the, the movements and, you know, just talking about the camera where it's going to go and all that stuff. And he peeped my shirt. He saw it. And he was like, I'm going to be expecting a royalty check from you at some point in the show, all right? You're wearing my <laughs> shit. I see you. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, you blocked it. I was like, fuck yeah, dude. But from there... I just got an idea. I don't know how it sparked, but I was just like, if this shirt got his attention, let me see what else I could bring to the table. <laughs> so I knew prior to going, to going into working on this movie that he person Quentin had a personal fondness for the movie Jackie Brown. Like yeah. I, I watched like a uh, like a commentary on one of the uh, Blu-rays for his movie or whatever, or the DVDs for his movie, and I remember him saying that Jackie Brown 
was like his like he loved that script so much like that was like his favorite movie mm. so i was like all right let me find a jackie brown t-shirt let me find a dope-ass jackie brown t-shirt so i started you know googling and you know doing all that and i came across a website that i still use to this day like i still shop here to this day <laughs> it's called redbubble.com redbubble redbubble.com all right so that website is essentially a website for independent artists to submit their their images and what that website does is it partners up with the artists and they'll print out your your images on on multitude of things t-shirts sweaters actual prints like on canvases pillows the works like cell phone cases you name it right gotcha but i was like all right this is fucking dope so I was like, all right, let me on this website for a Jackie Brown shirt. And I found one. It was like a faux pas logo for uh, the Bail Bonds place. Cherry Bail Bonds? <laughs> yes. I found that shit and I ordered a green one. I was like, that's the one. But that's I was awesome. like, hey, if, they, if they found this shirt, I was like, what other ones do they have? <laughs> so I just started like looking for like other movies, like other like classic movies that I know he liked or he may have been a part of, or whatever like that. And I just started Googling, and I just found, like, like this website is a bottomless pit <laughs> for imagery, dude. Like, people submit images from anything you can think of. My wife's going to be mad, pissed off at it's, you. <laughs> it was a gold mine, dude. Yeah. I was like, yo, I can't buy just this one shirt. So I bought four of them bitches. Nice. And, and they were all different. They all were from a different movie. Like I had one shirt that was like a combination of Desperado and Kill Bill, and mm-hmm. it was called uh, Kill Bucho. That was the name of the shirt. <laughs> I had another like that. I had a one where it was like Bruce Lee fighting the bride from Kill Bill, and they both had the yellow jumpsuit on and shit. I was like, oh shit, I gotta get that one too. You know what I mean? Like it was like dope shit. So I wore these shirts to set, bro, and it fucked everybody up. Everybody was like, dude, where are you getting these goddamn shirts from? <laughs> and I was telling them, I was telling them, like, yo, yo I'm, I'm buying these shirts from this website. And once the reception, like, was huge and people were loving it, I was like, okay, I'm about to do something real stupid. I'm about to just buy five shirts a week mm. and just get a new shirt every day for the rest of the show. And for the rest of the show, bro, I had a different T-shirt on, a new T-shirt on every day. And it was from some movie, some classic movie. You know what I'm saying? And you said you never used that marketing degree, but that's perfect marketing for yourself. It is. It was. (laughs) (laughs) The guy with the shirt. It absolutely was. Yeah. It absolutely was. Like, it was marketed in a a way that I wasn't expecting. You know what I mean? Like, so, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. But dude, the whole run of the show, I did that shit. You know what I mean? And it just and that and I created like a bunch of friends that I talk to still to this day from that movie. Like, and one of those people I talk to still to this day is a name that you are probably familiar with. Oh, which I, I matter of fact, I know you're familiar with it. Who is it? You know Reginald Hudlin? Yes, Reggie Hudlin, the famous, the infamous, uh, the dude, the dude, the dude, Reginald Hudlin. Man, yeah. please believe it. Yes, please believe it. I still, I still say what's up to him to this day. You know what I'm saying? I, yeah. You know, speak, speak every night, and, and it was because t-shirts, man. Yeah. Hey, man, that's a that's a very solid friendship to have. A oh, very dude. dope friendship to have, man. That's yeah. Keep that in the yeah. back pocket. You know what I'm saying? So, oh, oh, dude. Like, like I said, that's like. Like me and him are cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's like that was something that I never thought would happen. Like yeah. I first of all, I didn't I when I got the text message saying that that I was offered the job, mm. that right there just that just set me that just set me on on a whole nother level. I was well, like, I'm about to say because it what? Exactly, because it all comes <laughs> back full circle, being that you were such a big fan of Pulp Fiction and to be working on a Quentin Tarantino set. That must have been life changing. It was it was everything, bro. Like yeah. it was everything. Like we were all hanging out. Like we was just one big fans. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, bro, we would hang out on the weekends. 
Friday nights, we would rap and go to this bar called the Avenue Pub, and we would drink there every Friday. That's awesome. On Saturdays, we rented out the Britannia Theater, and we would get free concessions. They set up a drink table in there for us to make our own cocktails. And this dude, Quentin, would show us a movie from his personal 35mm collection. What? And how it related to Django. Come and on, how it man. inspired Django. I'm dead ass. That's awesome. Dead ass serious. Bruh, it was amazing. You know what I'm saying? We was watching all kind of shit. Shit like Navajo Joe, White Lightning, the, uh, the, the Dark Brotherhood. Like some movie I ain't never heard of before called The Dark Brotherhood from way back in the day. Yeah. Like all kinds of shit. And then this was the year that The Avengers came out. Mm. Right? Yes. Man, Sam Jackson pulled a whole flex for the crew. <laughs> for the crew. For the crew. We were able to see the Avengers a week before everybody else in 3D. That's wow. the thing. He wow. called up Kevin Feige. He was like, hook it up. Yeah. That's, I was like, that's I was amazing. Like, I remember um, this is one of my moments. This is why I don't call a lot of friends and ask them how their day was at work. Like, I remember having yeah. a hard day at work. <laughs> I was having a hard week at work. This is I want to say this is a couple of years ago. I, okay. I and sometimes I call Jason periodically. I call all my friends randomly. And I'm right. like, "Hey man, how you doing?" You know, the usual checkup. And I was like, "How is your how is your week been, man? Cuz my week is terrible. How is your week been?" And he was like, "Oh man, working all the damn time, man. You know, you do your usual. I'm working." And he was like, "One yeah. day I'm at, I'm on the set of Black Panther. The next day I'm on the set of Atlanta." And I was like, "Fuck you, man." Fuck you. Like, <laughs> I was like, you're around all this damn black excellence. My hey, white bro, ass hey. manager pissing me off because I was five minutes late. Like, <laughs> hey, man, look, 2017 was an interesting year, bro. Yeah, indeed. A, a indeed it was, year, sir. Indeed, bro. That was indeed the year I left New Orleans mm. and moved to Atlanta on some on some last minute type shit. Yeah. You know, it was like, man, that whole summer. That's a gamble. Rough. Yeah. I, do, I mean, I had no choice because I spent three years of my career from 2014 to 2017 mm-hmm. working on NCIS New Orleans. Yeah. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And um, at the end of the third season, I was let go because the man I worked for was, he said that he wanted to move in a different direction. Okay. And so, you know, I just pretty much didn't make the cut. Mm. you know for whatever reason it I happens don't really you yeah. know it, it is what it is you yeah know? And, and it fucked with me for a little while i can understand because you know because you know it kind of felt like i failed at something so you know i had to question everything yeah but that couldn't have happened at a worse time because that summer like new orleans had a bit of a drought going on with work like mm-hmm. there was not much work going on like queen sugar season one or two was shooting and as well as like this one low budget movie and also season two of preacher was shooting as well during that time in the city. Yeah. And I, and I worked on those, on those shows for a couple of days a piece, you know, mm-hmm. but in that entire summer, I only worked a total of six days. Jeez. For the entire summer. I only worked six days. Yeah. I about to say that's, that's rough. That was hard. That's, dude. And that's, that's not part really of being employed. Yeah. No, that's not employed at all. And that's the nature of the business because we're freelance workers, essentially. Mm-hmm. So we have to find our own work. Now, once we do, you know, we all have union representation. Yeah. So once we do find work, that's when our unions come in and protect us, you know, make sure we get our proper wages, our benefits, you know, that whole thing. Definitely. But I still have to find my own work. Mm-hmm. And during that time, work was so scarce. Bro, I had to go work at Crescent City Comics just to just to keep gas in my car. Word. No, I, Word. like I, that whole summer I was working at Crescent City Comics. By the you way, know what I mean, and you know, you know life flights, life flights. But anyway, but yeah, go ahead, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's money, but yeah. it's still it's just like it's not not enough to sustain the lifestyle. No, so isn't. I had to start making some decisions, man, because like there was no work. Mm. So I hit up my friend uh, Byron Maroney. He, mm. uh, I worked with him on another dope ass show, True Detective season one. Oh. <laughs> Best seasons, um, yeah, yes. So you know what? I'm gonna correct myself. I have four shows that are of equal measure. <laughs> That's the fourth one. That's a good one. That's a good one. That's nah, the that fourth was a, that one. Was a good so season. I apologize for bringing that one in real late, but that's it's all the good. One. It's all good. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, so that's how I that's how I met Byron, and Byron was living here in Atlanta, and I hit him up. I, I was just I was at this point I was desperate, dude. I was like Byron, you know. Just letting you know, man, like, 
I am available for work. Where where are you where are you at right now? He was like, what you working on? He was like, oh man, I'm at, I'm at ATL working on this BET joint. I was like, shit, bro, I'm available. And so a couple of days went by, he checked back in on me. He was like, yo, you still available, dude? I was like, yes. Mm. I was like, and he was just like, man, look, we started, I started up this show. I started up this show on, uh, I started up this show on August 1st. Have your ass out here by then. Mm. I was like, sold. Mind you, this was in, this was like the end of May, beginning of June. Mm-hmm. I want to say it was the beginning of June or whatever. Yeah. I signed my lease for my apartment like just a couple of months before. Shit. So, yeah. And I signed a year's lease. Yeah. I was just like, damn, I ain't got no money. This next job is in Atlanta. And I know I can't keep this apartment. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. So, dude, in like five to six weeks or something like that, I had to get all my shit out. I had to move out of, I had to move out of New Orleans in less than, in less than two months. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And dude, That's insane. Packed up all my shit by my mama crib. Took only what I needed to Atlanta, which was my tools, some work clothes, and my PS4. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. Oh, dude, there, it was not gonna be a scenario where I didn't have that shit. Like, it's yeah. not gonna happen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel that, dog. I feel that. You know what I mean? So I was like, oh, and I had my Apple TV. So I was yeah. like, yeah. We gonna ha- we gonna make this shit work. So I went out there, dude, with like maybe a thousand dollars. I moved out here, started working on season one of the BT show Tales. Mm-hmm. That was my first gig in Atlanta. That was a hard show. Wow, it was a hard show. You yeah. know what I mean? Because you know, it wasn't the biggest budget. You know, it was a first season television show, and yeah. that's usually how it goes. You know, they it's it's a hard it's a hard you know thing. But I did like the last three episodes, mm-hmm. and you know, from there I just kind of hit the ground running, man. Like slowly but surely, people started. People from New Orleans was a lot of people from New Orleans were starting to move to Atlanta around that time. Yeah, because dude, Atlanta is like, I want to say, still to this day, it's the it's the number one place to to shoot projects because we have the most, we get the most shows here. Yeah, you in do. Georgia, you know what Everything, I mean. And this like, and back three years ago. Like, like it was no competition at all. Like, dude, it was it was everything. Dude, HBO shoots here, Netflix. Mm-hmm. You know, Amazon. I think shoots here. Hulu shoots some stuff here. Of course, you got Tyler Perry Studios here, which is crazy. Like, yeah. Oh, dude, that's that's a whole another thing. Yeah, dude. Oh my monsters. god, that facility is beautiful. Yeah. Like, I love shooting at Tyler Perry joint. That's you awesome. You know what I'm saying? Like, and they shoot everything. They, they, Black Panther was shot there. Yep. Like we did the additional photography for Black Panther there. And then they might have did the principal photography there too. I don't know. Yeah. But I did like a show for stars there. You know, like this is I've done a gang of shows there and I love it. You know, Definitely. but I but anyway, like I had kind of hit the ground running when I got here. So I was doing some digging and I found out that Atlanta season two was like starting up at that September. Mm. And during that time, I was working on this show on the CW called Dynasty. It's like a remake of that old yeah. damn oh, TV show from back in the day. Yes. Oh, dude, it's it's anyway. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna speak ill. No, no, no. Right? It, it was it. money. It was money. It but was a job. It was money. Yep. It helped me. It helped me stay afloat. Yep. And Put the rate you. and the rate was really good. Got you through tough so times. You know what? I got you. Yes. So yes. it came through in the clutch. But while I was working on Dynasty. I was doing some digging. I was like, bro, I got to find a way to get on Atlanta, bro. Like, I don't know what I got to do, but I'm going to find a way. And I started calling up some people. And then I hit up my boy that I told you I went to school with that live out here. His name is John. Yeah. And I hit him up. I was like, dude, please tell me you know somebody that's working on Atlanta. And he was like, give me a second. And so he sent me, he sent me a screen cap of the crew list for the electrical department. I was like, dude, you are the man. <laughs> so I crossed my fingers. I was like, let me just type this message to the guy that's in charge of, that's in charge of hiring. It's called the best boy. Right? Mm-hmm. That's what they call him. Or now we'll call him the assistant chief lighting technician. 
That's okay. the technical term. But yeah. we still go by best boy. That's just what we do. Yeah, I feel that. So they're in charge of manpower and equipment. So I was like, all right, let me send a dude a message. He doesn't know me or whatever. So I'm going to try and make this message as professional as possible. So I sent him, you know, straight up, hey, you know, my name is so-and-so. I'm a technician living in Georgia. You know, I'm a, I'm part of the union. And I'm just letting you know that I'm available for work, essentially. And he responded. He was like, all right, I'll keep I'll keep you in touch. I'll keep you in mind. So, you know, when something opens up, I'll, I'll call you. I was like, all right, great, boom. So some time passes. And I got hit up, finally. Mm. And the first day I worked on that show was on episode six. The one about uh, when Van goes to Drake's mansion. <laughs> yes, I remember that one. <laughs> yes. That was my first day on Atlanta, right? Yeah. Mind you, this was shot in Tyler Perry's old estate. Oh, interesting. The mansion, the mansion that was used in Diary of a Mad Black Woman. Yeah, yeah. That's what we. That's what we shot that episode in different wings of that house of the or that mansion. Nice. Notice okay. I said wings. Yes, wings. Zuh. Wings. Zuh. All right, like that wings. estate was ridiculous, dude. Like it was ridiculous. Like it's too. It was too. It was too big. Yeah. Like, if you go down like flights of stairs in his backyard, you'll end up by a river. <laughs> I'm Which, dead serious. He has yeah. a river on his property, bro. I was like, yeah, gotta be kidding me. This is crazy. Like, yeah. this dude, like, it was ridiculous. I was like, wow. Like, I was amazed. You know what I'm saying? Mm. But I only worked uh, two days on okay. that show during that time. Yeah. Because that's all they had available. Okay. So from there... Like I said, I was like, you know, bouncing around the different shows. And one of those shows I got called for was Black Panther. Mm. It was doing some additional photography. It was only 10 days. Yeah. I was like, man, there is no way in hell I'm saying no to this. Let's go. Exactly. That's monumental. Yo, dude, I was like, man, I'm going to Wakanda. I'm, 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 man, I heard like... <laughs> I remember you you calling me and you you called me about it and you I remember you stating that this is one of the most peaceful black ass sets you've been a part oh, of. Oh, dude, it was oh, it was dope, dude. Yeah, it was dope, bro. Like, it was just a lot of seeing, like, the, bro, seeing those costumes, dog. Yeah. Seeing the talent, mm. you dig. Being mm. around Ryan Coogler. Yes, he is the most West Coast dude, <laughs> Bruh, He couldn't hide the fact that he was from West from the West Coast if he wanted to. That accent is yeah. strong. He's so Oakland, strong. So Oakland. I was like, bruh, <laughs> but he is cool as a shout fan, out to bruh. the Bay. Cool as a fan, dog. Word. My first day on that set, I pulled a flex. Okay, this goes back to the T-shirts. Yes, all right. Prior to me working on this, I saw an article online about the rap party that they had for the movie. Right? Yeah. The rap party mean, meaning, you know, uh, it's, it's a rap. It's, it's over. You know, it's, we're going to celebrate. Yeah. But the funny thing about that is the rap party is always a week before they actually wrap the movie. Mm-hmm. Which is which I thought was weird at first, but it's just like, all right, it makes sense because once we are wrapped, all the actors are leaving. Like yeah. They're going about their business. So, this yeah. will be the one time for us to all hang out. So I'm like, all right, that makes sense. So I read about this article where at the rap party, it was themed after coming to America. Oh, funny. They had a coming to America themed rap party. Wakanda Zamunda Connect. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yes. I was like, yes. that is so dope, bro. I was like, man, that's fire. Black as shit. Like shit, right? I was like, damn, that's so dope, dog. Well, I knew that going into this. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. I got something for that ass. First day on set. First day one. I wore, which is my favorite t-shirt that I have. It's, it's a photo of Eddie Murphy in his McDowell's uniform. <laughs> It's just a headshot of Eddie Murphy in his McDonald's uniform. He's got this big-ass Eddie Murphy smile. And that's the shirt. Yeah. Every time I wear that shirt, people lose it. They're like, oh, my God. Coming to America. Hell yeah, right? Yeah. 
kid you not, bro. I wore this shirt on that set. Ryan Coogler saw that shit and came up to me. It was like, it's like, hey, bro, where'd you get that shirt, bro? I need that, bro. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> he just, I was like, damn, he came up to me. I was like, oh, damn. Like he's running I, up. That's awesome. Just, yeah, he just ran up. I was like, oh, fuck right. I was like, All right, I'll tell you, yeah, it's redbubble.com. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then he called his brother over. He was like, I forgot his brother's name. He just comes like, like, bro, come here, bro. Get this website, jot this down, because I need that shirt, bro. I need that. I need that. You know what I mean? I was like, shit, yeah, dude. You know what I'm saying? So from, man. from that day, you know what I'm saying? Every time I saw him, I dapped him up. You know, so it was, it was official then. That's awesome, bro. Oh, yeah, dude. That's and awesome. Angela, that... And oh, then Angela Bassett saw the shirt. And she was like, oh, I love that shirt. I was like, oh, thank you. Man, Angela Bassett. Angela Bassett. Oh, man. And that was, and that was, that was the only interaction I had from man. <laughs> that was all I need. And that's all you need. That was all I need. I'll be good. I like, People can't tell me nothing. Brother. You can't tell me nothing. Yeah, shit. Angela Bassett complimented my shirt. Like that that goes oh, on the resume. Man, <laughs> so, Hell yeah. You know be like as so, a yeah. sidebar. You know? Oh yeah, dude. So so yeah, bro. That's like, awesome, those, those those ten days were just dope, dude. You know what I'm saying? Chadwick, class act dude, Michael mm. B. Jordan, class mm. act dude. Uh, Lapita Nyong'o class act. Yes, you know what I mean. Everybody was just so dope, dude. That's great. Man. Now the only person I don't remember, the only person I didn't meet was uh, uh, the actress that played uh, Okoye. Oh, okay, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Denai. Denai, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I didn't, yeah, I didn't get yeah. to meet Denai. Oh, okay. I didn't get to meet Lapita either. Yeah, oh, but, okay. You know, uh, but yeah, like those are the only people I didn't meet. Oh, okay. No, but, I'm, but I met everybody else, so they all cool as shit. Yeah. I was like, oh, hell yeah. So, man. all right. So what do you say is the the most important lesson? Like, because you've been on a bunch of sets and everything. Um, so mm-hmm. far, you know, this is a constant learning experience. So yeah, far, yeah. what has been the biggest lesson you've learned since being in this industry? Honestly, mm-hmm. I've learned to finally adapt to the organic nature of it Mm. meaning it rarely goes according to plan (laughs) such as rarely such rarely does a day on set go according to plan and if it does it's shocking Mm. it's like it's like one of those things you cherish it's like holy shit like really we actually did it on time and efficiently and all that stuff like damn we had a good day today and if we have fun at the same time, even better. You know, that's like, yeah. Okay. But I've learned, yeah. and I'm still, you know, fully, fully grasping this concept. But at least I'm aware of what I just said, that I'm adapting to the organic nature of this because everything's always changing. It's always changing. And it's, and it's like big changes where we got to work our ass off just to get it done in a short amount of time. So sometimes we get peeled, you know? Mm-hmm. But... I've learned that it always changes. All right. It's going to change because that's just that's just how art works. Like, you know, yeah. you know, there's always gonna be something that you notice that needs to get fixed before you can move on. So something has to change. We have to change up the plan a little bit. Okay. And I pretty much adapt that to life too. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. that's the whole reason why I'm out here, because that was a change I wasn't ready for. Yeah. Gotcha. That was something I wasn't ready to deal with. Hmm. But I had to deal with it. Like I had to persevere, otherwise I was gonna be living on the street. Fuck that. Absolutely. No, no, no. You gotta eat. you gotta eat and you're a, you're a survivor and also you're a hustler. So that makes that um it's no choice for the hustlers, you know? Right. So, I mean, you know, we see we see that enough when we drive around, you know. Exactly. I was like, Bro, that that cannot be me. Ain't that the so truth, I had to find a way. Ain't that I had to find truth. a way. So that's the lesson that I took from it. It's like, look, you gotta if you don't adapt <laughs> Yeah. You might as well just you might as well just forget about it. You might as well just just you know just cancel everything Facts. because that's just how it works. You know what I'm saying? Life is always changing, so I try my best to stay up to date with everything to make sure that I'm always ready for the next change up. Mm-hmm. That way, I'm not left behind. All right, good because man. I can't I can't be that guy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We're gonna switch it up for a little bit, man. So the next thing mm-hmm. I want to ask, like I know that you always meant to be um still like in the industry i remember we always talked about you being the director 
at some point. Is that still a thing for you? That's still on my mind every day. All right. Excellent. I'm glad we got that out the way. So next, I always say life is a movie in general, right? And let's Uh say that there's a movie about your life. And no, you can't direct it. Um, (laughs) Who plays you? And how would your biopic be different from others? Uh, I like asking this for the real movie people. You got to make it hard. Well, yeah. Well, here's the deal with that. You notice what all biopics have in common? What up? They're usually like pretty, I don't want to say pretty tragic, but some some like really crazy shit happens to these people. Absolutely. Like like Elton John and, you know, uh, like Malcolm X. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some really profound things happen to these people. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, I just shared some dope stories with you. You know, some dope shit has occurred in my life, but I don't, well, no, I've been to Katrina. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say, people have been through <laughs> shit. Some, some crazy yeah. shit. I, I think that uh, it doesn't have to be like, nobody has to die for you to have no, something. No, 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 it ain't got to be all that. You can, you can go through one of your those moments. Things, yeah. It's just one of those things where I guess, you know, I guess going into thinking about that, it's like, I don't know if I'm worthy enough for that, but Mm. if hypothetically my story is worthy enough to be told, okay, and if it can be interesting enough to be told, Uh honestly, honestly, dude, like, I like Ryan Coogler's style Mm. and how he tells, like, real humane stories, you know? Yeah. And he has an understanding of blackness that I really like. That's a real fan of. So he would be on the list. Okay. That's good. The team behind Atlanta. Yeah. I love that creative team. I would, I would put them on the list for people to get involved with it because, Mm. you know, they, they just know how to tell stories and they have a very good way of doing surreal storytelling too, mm-hmm. which I think is just a dope aesthetic to add to any story, really. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So there's that. Um, as far as who would play me though, shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Day Lewis. No, I'm joking. I mean, shit, look. If if we could reverse time and get Denzel Young again, shit, I'd be like, put him in there. Put him in there. <laughs> put him in there. Yeah, yeah, uh, put him Denzel. in there. I mean, he's the GOAT. Yes. He's the GOAT. You know, every age of Denzel has been the GOAT since he's been active. Absolutely. So, yeah, of course, I would, go with, I would go with the man. But, if, of course, if, if not him, I would say, like, uh, mm, mm. I, I don't know, man. Like, that's, that's a tough one, dude. That I'm is impressed. a tough one. Not that many that's actors a out tough there. One. Yeah, not that many. Yeah, actors yeah, out. yeah. It's, 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 um, I mean, they are, know, but you know, it's like it's not that many that would be able to fit that mold in a sense. Um, well, of course, you know, when, when you're doing stuff like that, you know, we don't get real technical about it, right? Yeah. I mean, one of the best, one of the first things you want to do is that you want to cast somebody that you know that kind of resembles you a bit. Yeah, you know I mean, like, like to me, the perfect cast, one of the perfect castings ever was Jamie Foxx for Ray. Oh, that shit was like. Amazing, that was perfect, dude. Like that, that was, was amazing, perfect. Yeah, it's like y'all couldn't have y'all couldn't have done this any better. Exactly. I agree. You know what I mean? I so, agree. so that's you know, I guess what I would consider a standard for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, as far as school play, man, I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I feel you. I, mean, I don't know, man. You so, know, so I have to ask. So we are we are at one more question now. Uh, right. And this has been a this has been fun, man. This has been a great conversation, dude. I, I imagine like so much, so much goes into your job, and there's so many memories and things like that you could all put together, man. Which I think oh, is yeah. great. Uh, I wanted to ask you before we go, um, what's your next move? And also looking back at things when it's all said and done, what do you want to be your mark in this world? Like, what do you want to leave? everybody hmm. well so short term long term goal I mean short term yeah short term goal is to make money in my sleep 
Okay. <laughs> by, by investing better. That's dope. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's a good short That's a good, that's a very grown ass answer, by the way. <laughs> yes. Like, I, the word cash flow is now part of my vernacular, and right. I need to put that to good use. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So, that's the short term. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, the long term, I want to contribute, if not just one really dope ass story to the world. Mm-hmm. Through a film or a TV, mm-hmm. I want to do several and make sure that whatever I put out into the world is worthy of your time. That sounds good, man. And that—that's the—that's like what would be, I guess, my purpose is to present something that you feel is worth your time, like a Watchman or an Atlanta. Black Panther or Django Unchained. Yeah. That was worth so many folks' time mm. to where they still talk about that to this day. Yeah. And to be a part of those years. things, man. Just to be a part of it and to witness that was just the beginning. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, before it's all said and done, I can get my turn to do the same thing and contribute something, if not equally as dope, yeah. close to it. I believe you will, sir. I mean, you're around greatness, man. So. It's only right that greatness comes from you. So I, I appreciate everything, man. I'm so proud of you as a friend and as a as a fan of yours. I think it is great the moves that you're making. It's it's wonderful to see you come up. And may you continue to keep rising, man. This has been it's been an amazing ride. And I'm I'm glad to see you move up in such a great way, brother. You know? Hey man, so, I'm still I'm still, <laughs> you know, pitching myself sometimes, man. But you know. Definitely. Uh I mean, let's face the facts, man. I'm I'm just lucky to be 36. Yeah, facts. We came up in the era, man, where dudes is getting shot every week. So, I mean, know. you know, rest in peace, Juice World. Yeah, for real, and and drugs. Yeah, there you go. Mental health, it's all your, these things. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, right just there. Reminder, so, like, kids don't be making it out, man. Uh, so it's yeah. it's a thing. It's a blessing. So yeah, yeah man. Man. Uh, man. Well, <laughs> so. There you go. Oh, you man. Know, I'm just happy to be, just happy to be here, man. And I'm happy to see that I've that I've received some good fortune in life. You know, with just everything. You good, know what I'm saying? So, good. That's sounds it, cliche, but that's some real shit. No, that's some real <laughs> shit. Real shit. I gotta respect real, man. Gotta respect real, mm-hmm. man. Well, thank you yeah, so much um, for for taking your time to speak to me. Um, I learned a lot. You learn. I, I learned. I learned so much. And this has been a great interview, man. I appreciate you. I'm going to talk to you later after this, after the recording. But um, <laughs> to all the people listening, thank you all for listening to me for Chris Talks. Uh, Jason Augustine is, is an amazing guy. Y'all should follow up with him and check up with him. Watch all the shit that he does. And, uh, <laughs> and check that out, man. Uh, last but not least, y'all can always follow me and y'all can hear me with podcasts I heard. Uh, we're going to be doing our thing and I'm going to continue going on through this whole season, man. And last but not least, be good to your people, bro. Peace. He's out.